0: back to another week of the oklahoma sports bros podcast we did take a week off to spend time with our families on uh um during that christmas week or that holiday week or whatever you want to call it i don't know what you would call it um but just to just to have some time off boys how how were the holidays pretty great i had a really
1: amazing time it's nice seeing family and friends again i'm Back home, out of Norman, and so it's been fun seeing everybody, and you know, pretty great seeing uh, people I haven't seen in several months.
0: Yeah, Ryan, how was yours?
2: Mine was extremely cold.
0: I, oh, well, I'm, I feel that. Yeah, it's, it has been. It's been cold here in Oklahoma. I
1: don't oh. know. It could have been colder.
0: Be quiet, perfect. Um, but. On a on the topic of um, of not sports because you guys like to not sports, I'm gonna throw something out there for you guys. What what was the best present you got, Ryan? Uh,
2: the best present, uh, probably we got some uh, very nice soft new towels from my mother in law, and. That makes me sound like an old man that that was my favorite present, but I'm at that point now where I don't really get cool, fun things for Christmas. It's more like essential things, and we definitely needed to new towels, so that's probably the best present that I got.
0: Yeah, we're kind of at the point in life where if we want something, we go and buy it. So it it really, really a lot of the gifts you get are stuff that you need, and you just <laughs> won't go buy. So. I feel that. You know, I'll tell you what,
1: Brian, I had I had a really, truly, you know, blessing of a Christmas this year. And I got, on the far end spectrum of, of what you just said, I got a really nerdy gift that I, I just loved. I got a Civil War Accurate Replica Saber for Christmas. Whoa. I know. And it comes with little uh, hooks on it so I can hang it up. So... I'm really excited. Uh, luckily, our friend group here, we know a blacksmith. And so I'm going to have him sharpen it up, sh- make it look real, real pretty. And then I'm going to mount it on my wall like the nerd I am.
0: And I'm really excited about it. I just hope you don't mount it over your bed. No, no. Earthquake comes. <laughs> we don't hear from Perkins because he's been decapitated
1: <laughs> by a blade hung over his bed. He'll go on that empty wall that has nothing that he could hold. <laughs>
0: That that's something well i i think i got the best gift of all um love but i wasn't gonna say that but uh sure <laughs> but no as a sports fan and a sports podcast i think this one should win the award i got a bob soup bob stoops not bob soups bob stoops signed tequila bottle from his tequila company and I just think that's the coolest thing. So um that that was that was definitely the coolest gift I thought of this year. It was just something What's... that just came out of and I wasn't expecting it. Um because really at we were we weren't getting a lot of gifts. We were getting a lot of like Amazon gift cards and stuff like that. And it was just a really heavy present. I am like, what is this? This is weird. Um but Ends up being a Bob Stoop signed tequila bottle. so that was really, really cool. Um so I, I'm pretty excited and pumped about that one. I'm surprised your favorite Christmas gift wasn't tickets to the
1: uh Bedlam.
0: No, because <laughs> that, that's what you gave me in um August. So <laughs> it, it I does... told you
1: it was Christmas. Okay. But <laughs> no, I don't know. awesome. I can ask you was the tequila still in it? Yeah, the tequila oh. We're not drinking it, though. No, no, no. That wasn't what I was suggesting. You age it. That's right, yeah.
0: You can go buy your own Bob Stoops tequila.
1: I think I, I was going to go for the Elon Musk sign tequila. It comes in a lightning thing. Have you seen that? No. Brian, have you seen those? The the tequila, the lightning strike tequila thing for
0: Tesla?
2: Can't say that I have.
0: Uh, well, look it up. It's really cool. We're not very big drinkers on this pod. I know. It was more of the Bob Stoops signature. That I was more excited about than yeah. the tequila part. I know you're 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 excited about the tequila.
1: I know, I know. I, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a big. I do mixology on the side. It's a hobby of mine. And feel free to check out my podcast, Mixology with Perkins.
0: It'll be a lot of fun. He's joking, <laughs> or at least I hope to God he's joking. <laughs> Because we don't even hire him to bartend our own parties at our house.
1: Just because, you know what? No, I'm not going to go there. It's fine. It's, I'm getting better. Listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> I really hope he's joking. But let's get back to sports because that's what you guys are here to talk about. And that was more, more off topic than I've ever gotten. So there you go, guys. That was for you guys. That's um, growth right there. I guess. It kind of feels icky down inside. Welcome um, to the dark side. But um, we'll get to National Signing Day. We'll start off with OU. Um, OU comes out with a great class after National Signing Day. And a lot of people are calling it early National Signing Day. Um, Whatever you want to call it, OU comes out with a great class, signs 25 kids um, in the class, and it was just an absolute knock out of the park. There was only probably two other things that could have gone better for OU than what it did. So I think that uh, overall it was a great um, signing for OU. First off, quarterback, they get Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold's been long committed to OU and um, never seemed to falter from his commitment, no matter how bad the year got this year. He was there. He's the top five player in the nation. Um, top five quarterback. He is just absolutely astounding. Five-star quarterback um, that wants to play in Jeff Levy's offense. So that's a big get. Running backs, um, we get a couple of running backs that kind of complement each other well. Caleb Hicks and Daylon Smothers are kind of um, the exact opposite of each other. Caleb Hicks is um, more of the power guy. Um and he's gonna get you yards. He's going to just sit there, and um, he's gonna pound the rock and pound the rock and pound the rock. And then Dalen Smothers is the other type. He, um, uh, he's a, a fast guy. He can get out to the edge. It, very good running back class, especially with us graduating. Um, uh, or I guess. I don't know if Eric Gray graduates, but he's leaving. With Eric Gray graduating, it is great to get two solid running backs coming in. A couple of wide receivers. Nobody really... They're a couple of four-star wide receivers. Most classes would love to have these guys. and um, it's just OU is used to getting five-star receivers, so these guys aren't as good as some of the receivers we've signed in the past, but then again, those receivers never really panned out. So maybe it's better. We also got Jaquay's Petaway, and I'm pretty sure I, I butchered that name. Um, but Petaway is a receiver who's supposed to be lightning fast and somebody who can get out of the gate and just torch cornerbacks. So that's fun. Um, tight end, get Cade Mac- McIntyre. Um, he's a solid tight end. Um, from Nebraska. Not a whole lot to know about him yet. Um, played Nebraska, but didn't really play tough competition in Nebraska, so we don't know much there. Um, offensive line do, br- does bring in a pretty big class. Joshua Bates has been committed since before Lincoln Riley left out of Colorado, and Caden Green is the highest rated offensive line recruit Bill Bedenboe has ever gotten, um, so that's really exciting exciting to see that and then Logan Howland and he's Heath Ozetta uh, complement that class pretty well. Um, so a lot of um, a lot of good signees on the offensive line. Um, Caden Green's the big guy you expect to hear from very soon out of that group. Um, Joshua Bates, he's a big fan favorite because he was one of the first guys after Lincoln Riley left that came out and said, oh, I'm sticking to my commitment. And he wasn't even until this class. He wasn't the immediate class. He was the next class after it. So that was pretty exciting. Um, then to a position of need, and we do not do very well, and that is that defensive tackle. We do sign three guys at defensive tackle. But honestly, uh, Derek LeBlanc is probably the best out of the, the three that we get. Marcus Strong was somebody we got on signing day that we weren't necessarily expecting. He, he was kind of um, an unkept secret. He, people knew he was going to sign, but he was like, it wasn't 100%. So, um, but not, we did not knock it out of the park with def- defensive tackle, which is weird with what Venables brings to the table. So that's concerning a little bit, but it's all right. I trust in what Venables is doing, and uh, we may need to pull some more guys out of the portal at that position. Defensive end, we do a little bit better. We got P.J. Adebare. Um Adebarre is one of the other five stars in this class, and he is absolutely electric. Um, great at rushing the quarterback, and um, – He's just going to be fun for Sooner fans to watch. He will more than likely get to see some time on the field as a true freshman. Um, got a couple linebackers, uh, three linebackers. Uh, one that Venables actually spoke very highly of, and that's a guy by the name of Phil Pinciotti. And Venables said he reminds him of Brian Bosworth. And if you know the Boz, he was dominant for OU. So, um, That's exciting to see, Um, and we'll see how that goes. None of those are really, really highly rated guys, but um, they seem to think – the coaching staff seems to think very highly of them, so that's exciting. Cornerback, we get some big big gets, and one was out of the state of Oklahoma with Jacoby Johnson. Jacoby Johnson um, is a kid from Mustang, Oklahoma. And um, he's a kid who is a dual sport athlete. I actually covered him his freshman year in um, in high school when he was playing basketball, when I covered high school basketball in the state of Oklahoma. And um, he was electric on the basketball court. So um, one of the big takeaways is if he would ever commit to being a straight football player, then he could develop into something great. And from what it sounds like, and I'm not – I don't have any inside sources, but from the people I've listened to, it sounds like he's going to commit to playing just football at the University of Oklahoma and not football and basketball. So if that is the case, then he could really develop. Um, Josiah Wagner is one of the only guys – one of the high regional guys from the West Coast has said he is one of the only guys that could um, cover – the five star Zachariah Branch um, that committed to USC. So that's exciting. Um, and Macari Vickers is just a great player overall. The big news, and I mean absolutely big news coming out of signing day, is at the safety position. And this is a story to tell. Um, you have just an absolute run, like, I don't even know how to say it. Coming up to signing day. So the big, big guy we're talking about is Peyton Bowen. The other three, there's three other safeties that are signed. Eric McCarty, Day McCullough, and Kendall Dolby. All big gets for OU. But the big story out of it was Peyton Bowen. He's a five-star out of Denton Geyer, played with Jackson Arnold. And coming up to signing day for probably about a year, he's been committed to Notre Dame. And then you heard all these whispers, for this past month, that Peyton Bowen's going to flip. He's flipping to OU. He's flipping to OU. He's flipping to OU. And that's what you heard. And you heard that. And there were so many different factors going into it. And then what, what took place on signing day was very, very weird. On signing day, Peyton Bowen had two hats on the table one was the university of notre dame or notre dame and um, the other was the university of oregon and neither was ou and he, he he didn't pick ou on signing day he picked oregon but never sent his national letter of intent to oregon so it's null and void so it doesn't like if it never reaches oregon then it's not an actual thing that they have so He never signs with Oregon and OU keeps recruiting, keeps recruiting, keeps recruiting. And the very next day he signs his national letter of intent with OU. Now, obviously I was not in the room where, when all this happened, I I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know the insights of everything that he was doing and what went into his mind. But from what I've heard, his mom really liked Notre Dame. His dad really liked Oregon. Um, And he really liked Oklahoma from what I've heard is his mom really didn't want him going 2000 miles up the West coast to Oregon Um, really wanted him to stay closer to home. And she thought, well, if he's not going to go to Notre Dame, I want him to play at a university that is closer. And if his dad thought, well, if he's not going to go to Oregon, then I would like him to play closer. I don't want him going all the way to Notre Dame. So they settled on OU. Another interesting tidbit was Peyton Bowen's girlfriend is currently committed to play soccer at the university of Oklahoma. So two big safety gets in the past few years are Oklahoma commits for other sports um, that their girlfriends are dating. So, we got um, Billy Bowman. His girlfriend obviously plays softball at the University of Oklahoma. I don't know that they're still together, but in high school, she committed OU. Now he's at OU. And now the same thing has happened with Peyton Bowen as his girlfriend was going to OU, and now he will be going to OU. So that an interesting story. He's, he basically has three different teams on the hook and doesn't know which one to go with, and OU lucks out at the end, and he signs with OU and will be in Norman come January. So that's pretty exciting. That's OU's class. Overall, as a class, I would give it probably A- minus rating from me because OU OU got almost everything they wanted. The only thing that could have made it better was there was a Russian that committed to Texas instead of OU. I can't even remember his name right now, uh, but he was from the West Coast. And then there was a defensive lineman who was has long been committed to Texas A&M. Nobody thought he was flipping, but there always just kept seeming to be smoke to the fire there. So, um, But they did not end up getting him. That kid's name was David Hicks. And um, so that's that's really the only thing they could have done better on signing day than what they did. They also picked up a big transfer from Texas Tech. Um, and now I'm blanking on the kid's name. Ryan, do you have it off the top of your head?
2: No, it wasn't Reggie something.
0: It is Reggie something. That is correct. Uh, I the don't remember. Um, yeah, Reggie, last name. But um, big commit from Texas Tech. He actually, if you remember the OU Texas Pearson. Tech game, he is the guy, Pearson, yes. He is the guy who lit up Dylan Gabriel in overtime. So that is um, something very interesting that now he will be playing with Dylan Gabriel. Um, overall ranked in every recruiting service, they were top seven. ESPN, I'm pretty sure, had them all the way up at. Four, um, and all the other ones had them scattered between four and seven. So overall, really good class for OU. What do you guys think about it? I really like this incoming class,
1: and I gotta say, the coincidence or not, you know, it's a good thing young love exists out there. It's helping OU quite a bit if that's the case. Especially over the years, I'm really excited to see what this new class can do. I'm excited to see uh, a true first generation, you know, really ready to take on. It's not a rebuild. It's nothing like that. Nothing crazy. I mean, it's still rebuilding, but you guys get what I mean. And so I'm really, really excited to see what's going on. So i probably give it, I'm going to give it a B plus. about you, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we when Brent Venables took over, I think that was the one thing we were uh, pretty sure of is that he would recruit well and it has proven to be true Um, so I think that's a, a very encouraging thing as OU goes into the future and potentially into the SEC here in the next year or two uh, it's good to see that he's maintained the talent level that uh, Lincoln Riley was able to bring in and I think I don't know if you guys agree or not but I think it's from what it looks like it's it looks to be that it's more of a well-rounded uh, talent level across the board in every position offense and defense as opposed to Lincoln Riley who got you know a lot of offensive talent but defensive talent sometimes was was lacking I felt like so uh, especially with you know you have three guys I think in the top 25 of the country um, so pretty good class and then eight top 100 players so um, overall great in and, and especially with just the elevation of Jackson Arnold from when they hi- uh sorry when they signed him to where he is now um to be like a whatever he is top 5 quarterback i guess in the class um by the way Jackson Arnold seventh highest commit in OU history as of now and the second highest rated quarterback uh do you guys know who the first highest rated quarterback was
0: Caleb Williams.
2: that is correct anyway that was just a a little <laughs> tidbit um I also wanted to mention one guy you didn't is Eric McCarty from McAllister just because he's a, an Oklahoma guy that I remember they signed or he committed like a year ago, I think. And we were talking about him last year, but just an overall super athlete from McAllister, um, probably going to play safety or linebacker if I were to guess, but, um, yeah, overall great, great class from OU and got to be very, uh, Promising going into the future, and hopefully next year will be better than this year.
0: Yeah, I I really like the McCarty kid. I didn't mention him much because he he was listed under safety, and he was the same position as Peyton Bone. But yes, McCarty is really fun to watch, and he was one of the first guys Brent Venables offers when he gets the job, and he's one of the first. He may have been the first OK preps guy that gets offered from Venables. Um, there was a new offer extended in the 20, let me get this right. This would be the 2022 class, 23, in the 2024 class. He is a sophomore in high school currently. Um, OK Preps kid from Wagner, Oklahoma, Alexander Knight. I actually was co-teachers with his mom at Fort Gibson um, two years ago before they moved to Wagner. So um, really really cool to see that kid get an offer from OU um in the OK Preps rank um so exciting to see where that goes uh, my biggest takeaway from this class um was we hit almost all the spots we needed the only thing we didn't hit well was the the defensive tackle and that's something we de- desperately need so hopefully um we can get a guy like David Stone next year or so something along those lines um, and we can get somebody out of the transfer portal to get us through. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but on any, anything else you guys want to say about
1: recruiting? You know, going forward, I think, Oh, you should definitely aim. I think they did a great job this year with recruiting, but I think next year they should do 20 of the top 25 players for recruitment and then uh, leave five players for OSU. You know, I think that'd be really kind of the best outlook to have right there. So,
0: yeah, I wouldn't leave anything for us. You want to do all 25 of 25 top best players? Well, no, I I would want us to be well rounded. I don't want the 25 best players. I want the 25 best players that we need. (laughs) You don't want five quarterbacks? (laughs) No. Because then they're all transferring after a (laughs) year. So, um, yeah. Uh Ryan any any other comments?
2: No, good good for you guys. <laughs>
0: well, on uh five on a bright side, Ryan, I have heard a lot of noise about a certain quarterback from the 2025 class of Ficklin and how he's going to be a high major prospect and go to a Power Five school, so I've heard a lot of stuff regarding him in this um, in the coming years. I don't know if OU will recruit him. I don't know if OSU will recruit him, but I've heard that he's going to get higher, high major offers for sure.
2: I'm sure he will. I predict that he will. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't get too big for OSU, but I would, I would love to see him in. In orange and black, um, but I do want to see him win a a state championship or two for my roughers before he does that.
0: Yeah, that would be exciting to see um, the right team across the river win a state title. Um, But uh, yeah, so uh, there is is a bright side for you, Ryan. I know it's not quite what you wanted, but a little bright side for you.
2: I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, Um, but getting into preview for OU versus Florida State, um, I don't really know where to go with this, if I'm being completely honest. Um, The matchup looks very lopsided. OU looks to not be the favorite. Um, Florida State is, I don't honestly know the line. I will look it up, I guess, unless, Ryan, I bet you know it off the top of your head.
2: I do, Florida State minus nine and a half.
0: Yeah, almost the 10-point favorite. So Florida State is favored heavily in this game. I uh, honestly, with everything that I'm seeing going on, we're very thin at defensive tackle already. A lot of guys hitting the portal. Um, I I think it's going to be a rough game um, for OU. Our run defense is horrible. Their run defense is horrible, um, but most of their – high-profile guys are playing. I think there's been a couple that have opted out for Florida State, but for the most part, their big guys are playing. And um, so that, that to me is um, looking very doubtful for OU, that uh, we will do very well. So I don't know. Um, I think Florida State's probably going to run the ball all over us. We're going to have a hard time stopping it. And then um, it's what offense shows up. If um, Dylan Gabriel can go out there and play like he did against Texas Tech, then it could be a close game and it could be back and forth and it'll be a fun one. But if um, we see the offense that is stagnant for a quarter at a time, then we could be beat by 20-plus. So it's really just – and and it's weird. Bowl games are very weird because it, you find out who wants to be there. Um, it looks like Florida State will be setting up for a very good new year next year. And you'll find out if these 6-6 six and six Sooners actually want to be at this bowl game. Because to be completely honest, the Cheez-It Bowl, the only reason OU got the Cheez-It Bowl was because of their brand. Um, they didn't deserve the Cheez-It Bowl. They got... Uh, OU jumped over some other Big 12 teams in the order to get the Cheez-It Bowl because of the brand, and the Cheez-It Bowl wanted that brand in their game. So um, it'll, it'll be intriguing. OU's probably outmatched in this game. I'm not going to say probably OU is outmatched in this game, um, and it'll be intriguing to see how they go out and play. Um, on the bright side, though, we have learned that Drake Stoops will be returning next year. So that is one positive
1: Scoops!
0: so um, but really, that's all the commentary I have in the game. I'm not very confident going in um Perky, you got anything
1: you know I'm not not too much to add i these bowl games are always so unique because of you kind of get what's left over from people who are looking to expand into other regions to those who are. Preparing to make football a profession, you know, and just trying to figure out, it's just a bunch of of young adults trying to figure out their life at this point. So a lot of times you see teams kind of hit their bare bones in, in some cases. And sometimes you see teams hit the ground at full capacity. And so I, I think that this is more of a, a anyone's game game versus kind of a one-sided affair. And so I'm, I'm a, little more optimistic comparatively than, than I normally would be in this
0: situation. Ryan, how do you feel about it?
2: It's really tough to predict. So Florida state, I mean, nine and three versus OU six and six. So right there in the record, obviously they, they're better, but there are three losses this year. They went four, no to start the year. And then they had three straight weeks against ranked teams. They had, uh, Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson back to back to back and lost all three of those. All three losses, uh, they lost by 10, and then by 2, and then by 6. So their three losses this year were to rank teams uh, within one score, uh, and then by 10 to Wake Forest. But uh, so according to that, it sounds like Florida State's a much better team and was very close to being 10 or 11 wins. So um, yeah, it all signs point to Florida state being the better team and their defense really, I think is the main difference. Look, when you look at their defense compared to OU, uh, they only allow 307 yards per game total and OU allows 450. Now, obviously some of that is they get to play in the week ACC with a bunch of non-offenses over there. Um, But OU's defense was not very good, especially down the stretch and, you know, the Baylor game, West Virginia, and then obviously the last time we saw them against Texas Tech, they gave up 51. So um Florida State's got Jordan Travis at quarterback, who's a big weapon, and he can run and throw. So it's going to be a really tough thing for a defense that, as you said, we don't know who all's playing, who all's not. But um I don't think it matters, really, because, again, they didn't play very well the last couple of weeks down the stretch there. So, uh yeah, doesn't doesn't look very good. Uh, for OU but who knows maybe they'll surprise us and maybe Florida State maybe some of their guys just aren't in it to win it and OU can uh, surprise them
0: yeah um, that that's the hope and if I'm being completely honest I think that OU has a shot and some of those guys from Florida State may be looking at it like this is the Cheez-It Bowl we don't want to be here we want to be in the playoff or wherever they would want to be so maybe they look at it like that and OU gets a, an advantage, so I can see that stuff happening. I'm just not set on it. Florida State is probably the better team as it stands. If everybody's playing, and you know OU's bare bones, so it, everybody's not playing. So that that's just mm-hmm. kind of where I stand at that. But I'm still gonna watch, still gonna have some fun. But let's let's kick it back to National Signing Day, Ryan. Take it away with OSU. How did OSU do on National Signing Day?
2: Well, much like OU. No, not anything like OU. Uh, OSU got some recruits this year. I can say that. They definitely got some recruits. Uh, Their their recruiting rank was 63 composite, but then their transfer rank was 8. So overall... Uh, the class with transfers and signees—it's 40th, which is about on brand, I think, for Mike Gundy. Uh, it is kind of sad that the last two years were his two best years, and then he followed last year's great class with kind of a dud. Um, but there's some bright spots in it. Um, you got Zane Flores, who's a uh, depending on where you look, he's either high three-star or low four-star uh, quarterback out of Nebraska, number two player in the state. Um, and he committed to OSU a while ago. And then when Matt rule, uh, got the Nebraska job, he started to, to fight hard to get Flores to flip to Nebraska, but luckily he stayed firm with OSU. So, um, his junior and senior years combined through for over 6,000 yards, 57 touchdowns and 68% percentage completion. So, uh, his last two years, definitely showed that he can do a lot of stuff and he's six, three and a half is what he's listed at. So six, three or six, four and Gundy, uh, really complimented him in his senior year on his mobility improving. So I guess he, he showed that he may be able to run around a little bit. Um, so he's a, he's definitely a guy that here in the next couple of years, you know, might be running this offense. I still want to see Garrett Rangel and see what he can do in the offense, but if he's not, uh, able to beat out zane flores and we might see zane here in the next year or two um so he's he's definitely a bright spot and there's a guy named cameron hurd who is listed as a wide receiver but he's he really can do it all he uh was mostly running back in high school but he also played receiver and he played quarterback a little bit as well Uh, he's kind of a smaller shiftier guy uh had over 1200 yards rushing with 26 touchdowns And they threw for over 700 yards and 11 touchdowns as a quarterback. So, um, definitely tons of ways they could use him. Um, he's a guy that you could, you could see using, uh, on jet sweeps, on reverses, on passes, um, just all kinds of the stuff that, you know, a guy like uh, Braylon Presley would be good at. Um, so hopefully they learn their lesson, uh, this year and don't misuse a, a freshman freak athlete. And, uh, Actually get him on the field, hopefully. Um, there's a couple of guys that are not really being talked about, but some people that actually pay attention and watch film have have said that they could contribute. So one guy is Taiwan Ray, who's a 6'3 safety uh, out of Georgia. And um, some guys that I've listened to that have, have paid attention to him said that he is incredibly... Um, I guess underestimated and not talked about, and didn't really get a lot of offers. But he could step in, and uh, he's he's apparently got that it factor where he can he can make plays in the secondary. So I'm excited to see him. He doesn't even have a rating yet uh, on 247. So when he does, I'll I'll be interested to see what he is. He's a six three safety, kind of in that Kendall Daniels, uh, Trey Flowers mold, and we'll see if if he can make an impact. They had a couple guys uh, from Oklahoma. They had Jacoby Sanders from Stillwater, offensive lineman, who's 6'3 and 305. So huge guy there locally that hopefully can come in. Might need a year or so to get, you know, into the system and and uh, into shape. But within a year, we could see him start on the offensive line. Then they got uh, Iman Oates from NEO uh, transferred in on defensive line, who's also same exact 6'3, 305. So... A huge defensive lineman there coming in um, to kind of fill some of those gaps. And then for the transfers, they actually had a few um, four-star transfers. So we mentioned a few last week. But in addition to the ones we've already talked about, they actually got Anthony Goodlow from Tulsa uh, on the defensive end um, to come in. And he's transferred in along with Justin Wright from Tulsa. And then um, Noah McKinney is a – six, five offensive linemen from UNLV that transferred in and he's a four star. So a huge get there on the offensive line, a guy with some experience and that's definitely a, a position of need for them. And then Kenneth Harris is a guy who transferred in from Arkansas state uh, cornerback. So with Jabbar Muhammad leaving, that's a, a huge need there. And he's a guy who's, who's played the last three or four years over at Arkansas state Um, So it's good to get an experienced guy there um, because a lot of the corners are either first or second year players that don't have a ton of experience. And this guy, from what I hear, is uh, one of those lockdown guys. They uh, don't throw to him much. And when they do, uh, he's only allowing about 50 percent completion, which for reference, Jabbar last year was uh, 59 percent completion against him. So this guy, obviously a lower conference, but. Um, that's kind of the the player that he is so hopefully he can step in and provide some uh, experience there on the college level and kind of shore up the the loss of Jabbar there that's that was one of the huge losses that uh, we heard over the last couple of weeks so um overall it's not not the greatest class especially when you look at just the the guys coming out of high school but Overall, with the transfers, um, they filled a lot of holes that they needed to, and uh, hopefully experience can win out, because they got a lot of, of experienced guys transferred in, and they've got a lot of experience coming back, obviously, so uh, it's up to Gundy to kind of mesh it all together. As far as the Big 12, OSU ranked seventh in uh, the conference, which is not where you need to be, obviously. Um, only ahead of Kansas, Iowa State, and West Virginia. So that's not great. Um, but I'm choosing to uh, speak positivity. So I, I believe that the last two classes, though some of those have left, um, the last two classes combined with this one have a lot of uh, bright spots that that we'll be able to see come to fruition here in the next year or two. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's really anybody else I mean, you got Lardarius Webb, uh junior who's a cornerback uh, from Mississippi, who his dad played in the NFL. Um, so that was a bright spot he committed uh, a couple of weeks ago that we didn't, we didn't end up talking about, but um, just a lot of guys that, you know, it kind of, there's, there's guys like this every year that there's a ton of guys in the class that are just kind of high three stars that nobody knows a ton about. And then here in a couple of years, they, or standouts. And especially on the defensive end, you see a lot of those. Um, this class was a lot more defense heavy when you look at all the recruits. So maybe a few of those guys pop and um, make a name for themselves. Uh, one more guy, Jaden Foreman was a uh, defensive lineman from Dell city. Um, he was one of the early commits and he uh, had a bunch of good offers from uh, Arkansas, um, Memphis, and, um some other big schools and he's got he he's six three two fifty. Um I think he's kind of in that Colin Oliver mold. He he played defensive end and defensive line for them. And I think he might he might come in and play that defensive end spot. So there's a, a good local guy from Dell City um that I think could jump in, in maybe a year or two and um kinda kinda carve out a role uh, for him there. So um so overall I mean recruiting is never great with OSU especially in comparison to what you just laid out with OSU's or sorry with OU's class but um you know we're not on that level and that's okay we we may never be there but we are what we are and hopefully uh hopefully we can make it work Do you guys have any any thoughts
0: to me osu should never be below 50 like it is absolutely astounding to me that they can have a class that low um i don't know how mike Gundy gets away with it and i know people will spout off and you even said it a little bit he develops these guys but still i think that they're i think there's no reason coming off the year they had last year why they shouldn't be top 25 in the nation that that's my take on it but that that's just me Perk, what do you got to say
1: honestly osu is one of those teams that i know we we talk about it all the time and we give you our time but osu I love to see a great competition and so I, I agree with zach here that there really should never be a situation where you know they're below a certain threshold within the recruiting world and I don't know I would love to see again it's like it's what it seems to be the same song we always sing about Gundy we just I just I just want more and I I hate that we have to constantly say that and I hope one day we see it
2: yeah don't count on it but maybe we will like I said last year he had a great class and I was hoping that was just kind of the last two years have been his two best years and I was hoping that was kind of a uh just a launching point and, and he would continue to have these great classes but maybe with the with the transfer portal it's it's kind of a, a mix of the two. I know he doesn't love the transfer portal, but he's obviously using it to his advantage. So until that changes, this might just be what OSU does. I know I've I've talked about this, but Gundy's always been the guy that uh likes to have experienced players playing. He doesn't play freshmen very much and he usually relies on his juniors and seniors. So uh him bringing in a lot of experienced uh you know grad transfers and stuff like that it might just be something that he does from now on because he likes to have guys that that know what they're doing out there so maybe that's that's just what it's going to be until this portal kind of changes which i don't know if it will but um that's about
0: it i don't i don't think the portal's changing anytime soon you have coaches openly coming out saying yeah, my kid got offered five million dollars to go somewhere, and the NCAA hadn't even batted an eye at it. So, mm-hmm. like, it's the NCAA is the second most corrupt organization in the world behind FIFA. Yeah, you know,
1: I'd go anywhere for five million dollars. I'd play
0: football for that. Mm-hmm.
1: I'd be the hit dummy during practice for five million dollars.
0: Mm. That they ain't paying
1: the hit dummy. That I'm. I'm telling you, like, whatever they wanted me to do. I would do it for $5 million.
0: Well,
1: I, I'm not a sellout, but I would do whatever they want. I'm yeah. not a sellout, but I would sell out for that money. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, OSU, um,
2: so OSU uh, goes to Arizona and has their bowl game on Tuesday, uh, which if you're listening to this podcast is tonight um at 9 15 p.m so drink your coffee and get ready to stay up late if you're gonna watch this game wisconsin is a three and a half point favorite in a game that i honestly don't have any idea how to preview because wisconsin uh their coach is gone and they just hired luke fickle to take over and he's going to be coaching this game but i don't know what he's going to change uh, from what they've been doing and then their dc jim leonard who's been there for a long time is has said that he is leaving wisconsin after this game uh, so it's his last game as their dc and i don't know you know what that means or how that'll go uh, and then they lost their starting quarterback graham mertz to the portal along with five or six other guys so uh, a lot of lot of changes for wisconsin um same with osu and it's it's just weird to preview, but we're going to do our best. Um, So Graham Mertz was their quarterback. Uh, Their quarterbacks threw a total of 300 passes for Wisconsin this year, and 286 of those were Graham Mertz. So nobody else has any experience at all. Um, They do have two quarterbacks on the roster. One is Chase Wolf, who's a senior, but he's been basically the backup at Wisconsin for four years now. Uh, And then they have a freshman in Miles Burkett who was he was a low three star didn't really get any big offers. Wisconsin was his only power five offer. So I don't I don't know if he's like a, you know, waiting in the wings superstar or anything. Um, of course, I say that and he's going to go throw for 400 yards against OSU. But um, their depth chart just has Chase Wolf or Miles Burkett. So I don't know who they're planning to start yet. Um, you would think with Luke Fickle there. Coming in, he probably wants to see what he's got in this freshman. It's probably a guy he didn't uh, recruit at all over at Cincinnati, and so he might just want to throw his freshman out there instead of a senior who may not be back next year, and and just see what his his freshman quarterback has. So that's what I'm predicting, but I don't know for sure. Uh, we might see a mix of both of them. Um, their offensive weapon this year was Braylon Allen at running back, who had over 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground. And had about 20 carries per game, so my guess is they'll they'll lean on him and give him 20 or 25 carries uh, somewhere in there, and just kind of um, let the offense run through him. And then out wide, they they don't have again. They didn't throw the ball a ton, um, but Shemaray DK had 653 yards to lead their team, and then they had Skylar Bell with 439. So not really much uh, outside to worry about as far as production. Um, they'll probably rely on the run and that's, you know, the run is really what OSU was not able to stop, um, in parts of this year. So a uh, really weird game and not much to, to really preview. I think OSU, uh, seems like Garrett Rangel is going to be the starter, uh, over Gunnar Gundy, which is what I want to happen. I want to see Gunner and Ollie Gordon, uh, really shine in this game. And then maybe uh, Stephon Johnson out wide, just three freshmen, you know, getting them out there and letting them play and see what you got. Um, I think this should be a big Ollie game. I think I, more than a win, I just want to see Ollie Gordon run the ball. I want to see Garrett Rangel throw the ball, and I want to see offensive line actually block somebody. So uh, I would love it if we win, but if we if we struggle to run the ball. And can't do much on offense. That's more uh, worrisome to me. So as long as we can show some stuff offensively, I think I'll be happy with that. Defensively, there's a lot of guys that didn't play much this year. They're going to have to play due to a lot of guys entering the portal. Um, so I'm I'm kind of interested to see, especially in the in the secondary, uh, a lot of the the younger guys getting a chance to show what they can do. Um, so I'm I'm looking for that. And then obviously at linebacker with Mason Cobb gone. I'm looking to see uh, who steps up there and and how they look. Um but yeah, it's uh it's a weird game again 915. It's going to be a late game. I'll be exhausted, I'm sure, and just it's probably going to be a frustrating game, uh I'm guessing. Um don't know. I we don't we don't really I guess we didn't really pick the OU game. I'm not going to pick this game, but If I were to guess, I would say OSU would win just because of all the uncertainty at Wisconsin, but I don't know for sure. And I think OSU probably has a little bit more talent than Wisconsin at this point, Um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I feel like, um, if, if I'm being honest, for the exact same reasons you're picking OSU, I'm picking Wisconsin. Because OSU's starting quarterback for the past four years is gone. Um, and they looked anemic on offense when they didn't have him. So uh, I know they've had a month to prepare, so maybe, maybe they'll be a little bit better. Um, but I think there's too much change at OSU for there to be anything really to compete, if I'm being completely honest. Their defense isn't wasn't up to par this year. And I don't think that, um, all with all the people they've lost, um, and how good they are, I don't think that they have a shot, if I'm being completely honest. And they, they're like you said, Wisconsin's run game was their power point, and OSU's run defense was the, the point where they were not very good at. So it'll, uh, I I don't have a lot of hope for OSU in this game. So,
1: per, uh, I think it kind of is under the same line as OU for me. I think this is very much a toss up game. Uh, I think for me, there's just too many variables to kind of say who will win what. Uh, I don't I don't know. It's always these games are so hard to predict for me. So uh, I think I'm gonna kind of go in between again, and just say uh, it's anyone's
0: game. Uh, that's Fair. how the pod's going i'm the pessimist ryan's the optimist and perks the in between
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you need all three of those yeah um, well
0: how uh how did uh how did tulsa's national signing day go now, obviously it had to have gone great
2: gone went great they're killing it um they are currently ranked uh 127th um
0: Woo! there
1: so ah. yep and that's pretty high up
2: there, pretty high. Um, they only have two commits that are even have a rating on two four seven And that's Devin Robinson, who's a safety from Tulsa Union, uh, and then Ashton Schumann from League City, Texas. Um, Devin Robinson is a guy he had um he had offers from Washington State, New Mexico State, and Louisiana Monroe. So he had some offers out there. Uh, and I know Tulsa loses a lot in the secondary; that a lot of guys um, leave. So he might have a chance to to fight for a starting spot or maybe a, a spot on the two deep there uh, if he can come in and play well. And then uh, Ashton Schumann's a receiver from Texas that he had offers from Air Force, Amy or Army and Navy, and uh, chose Tulsa over all those. So uh, maybe he comes in and again um, they lost a lot on in the receiving core as well. So definitely room for some of these young guys and especially with a new coaching staff to, to kind of make a name for themselves and show that they belong. Um, Other than that, there's, you know, there's just a a few guys. um, They, they only had eight commits. um, So not very many to talk about Um, a couple of defensive linemen and they actually signed four receivers in this class, including, uh, Grayson Tempest who's a receiver from Union as well uh, he's a 5'10", 160 he was compared a lot to uh, Garrett free or Gavin Freeman that, that signed with OU last year so he's kind of that excuse me that same smaller um, you know kind of speed guy uh, from from Union so maybe he gets a, a chance in this new offense uh, with Kevin Wilson to make some plays we'll see um, but the biggest Signee in this class, obviously, uh, is our boy, my boy, Braylon Presley, who left OSU, committed to Tulsa last week, and much to our, much to my surprise, um, I also didn't realize this, but he is the second highest rated uh, commit ever at Tulsa. I didn't really realize that. I know, obviously, they don't recruit well, very well, but that tells you, I mean, how important a guy like Braylon Presley is, uh, at a, at a place like Tulsa, he can go in there and immediately be one of the best players on the team and they should use him a ton. Um, so you got Braylon Braxton back with Malachi Jones and Braylon Presley, like those three should be your offense, uh, next year. And you're only losing one offensive lineman from this year's team. So I expect their offense to be good next year. Um, you know you're losing three good receivers, but you got a couple of guys behind them, and you got Kevin Wilson coming in, who's an offensive genius. So overall, uh, not a ton in the in the class this year. They're they're last in the ACC, uh, and like I said, 127th in the country, which is not 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 good at all. But I do expect Kevin Wilson to recruit better. So I think uh, here in the next year or two, we'll see those numbers climb up. And um, as Tulsa, I think starts to turn some heads nationally with the way that they play uh i think they'll have a fun offense that uh, recruits are going to want to come play for so um yeah not not a great class tulsa but but i think having braylon i mean if imagine if braylon stays at osu or just goes somewhere else how bad this looks um so he was kind of he was really a a saving grace for tulsa's class
0: oh yeah i I think Braylon Presley is the home run of all home runs. I don't think um, – I think that next year, regardless of how the other commits out of high school turn out, if Braylon Presley and Braylon Braxton can hook up the way we think they can, they're going to be just fine. So, I don't, I don't think there will be any problem with their offense. I think that they will have a – field day next year and the AAC um throwing the ball all over the place with Braylon Braxton and Braylon um Presley. You know, and also I know the
1: recruiting class isn't great, but it is technically a rebuild year for them. So I say give them a chance to prove themselves and I think next year they'll they'll probably be under the top hundred. So you know within well, that top hundred.
0: A rebuild year normally means you sign more than eight
1: guys though. So You know, it's, it's a really bad rebuild year. They lost, they lost, you know, the person they had at, you know, first ring quarterback and they lost their head coach. So.
2: Yeah. And I'll say this, I'll say this too. I mean, they're not, they're probably not done with Kevin Wilson, just getting there a couple weeks ago. You know, they've got some time here before the spring to maybe uh, have a couple of guys transfer in. So um we'll see we'll see if he can kind of add to this class but so far uh Braylon seems to be the only immediate contributor um I expect some some names though that I think Kevin Wilson has a lot of pull he's been in, around the game a lot so I think he's got uh you know he's got contacts everywhere and and connections and I think he might be able to pull some some uh names out of that portal and well
0: and is he coaching the uh um bowl game for or is he coaching the playoff for ohio state do we know
2: ah that's a good. i don't think so because
0: that that'll be another interesting thing to watch if any of those players from ohio state obviously if you're not good enough at ohio state but you were recruited by ohio state there's probably a good chance you could play at tulsa so that may be something to watch too so
2: yeah, actually, and I I just saw it says he is gonna be with Ohio State through the playoffs. So, or sorry, through the bowl game. Um, so, I guess there's a chance they're they in the play, yeah they're in the playoff. I'm dumb. No, it's been not. a long it's been a long week. Um, so yeah, he's he's gonna be with Ohio State through that time. So really, I mean, he's probably doing what he can recruiting wise. But after the the playoff and all that, when he actually gets to Tulsa and and is all in. Um, he might be able to do some more stuff there too.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I think that he has uh, all the opportunity to be um, do very well. And there's a lot of guys at Tulsa's level that could probably come in and compete as a freshman that are still out there to be found. Like there's a lot of three and four star guys that haven't committed yet because they were waiting to see where all the chips fell to where maybe they could get a bigger look and maybe some of them can't get a bigger look now. So they go to Tulsa.
2: Sure. Yeah. I saw this tweet. Let me see if I can find it. Um, This was December 20th. So it's been a week or so, but uh, at that point, so about a week ago, 1,371 kids had entered the portal and only 283 had committed somewhere. 22 of them had withdrawn. So, 77% 77% of the people who entered the portal, uh, are still out there. So, um, just to kind of give you a, a, an example of how many kids are sitting there in the portal with nowhere to land right now. So I'm sure there's going to be a few spots at Tulsa that some of those guys could land.
0: Yeah. And I, I think Kevin Wilson will be able to hit these, uh, Hit those spots pretty well. Um, it with all he's done at Ohio State, I'm sure kids are going to be lining up a lot of, especially maybe he could probably even take some flyers on some of these four stars that maybe just aren't working out at their current schools and get them to like have an opportunity to play at the next level. I don't don't know any names for certain, but that's just the scenario that comes to mind when I think of a high-level coach who's kind of taken, if I'm being completely honest, this seems like a step down to me. This coaching change seems like a step down to me from Ohio State offensive coordinator that's also head coach. I don't know if that's actually it because it is an AAC school, so maybe not, but I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm sitting at with it.
2: Yeah, I get that. And there's obviously a chance with, you know, was it was at Cincinnati, um, Houston, and UCF all leaving. I mean, Houston's been one of the top schools in that conference for a while. And then Cincinnati, obviously, over the last few years has been. So some of the powers of that conference are leaving. And if, if Kevin Wilson can at least, you know, bring his offensive mind to Tulsa and make them, you know, one of those you know, just a top twenty offense in the country or whatever, even if they're not great on defense, and he can elevate them to making the the title game every year in that conference. I mean, he can he can definitely become a name and then obviously that can promote him to a, a higher job at some point. Um so yeah, who knows? Maybe it's just a setback for a what is it? Setback for a comeback or I don't know what they say. Uh yeah.
0: And the A like if they're making the conference championship game, the AAC is the chance to make the new playoff. Like whenever it expands, like they'll have that's a fair. real shot to actually make the playoff. If they're if they're consistently competing for that championship game, I don't know that they I I'm not certain that they would make it. Or yeah, I might take it. That they wouldn't get blown out by fifty, but no. They that's that's judging off the team we've seen this year.
2: So maybe yeah. not. Maybe. Yeah, so um, not the best class by Tulsa, but I think we're pretty optimistic with the guys that they have coming back. And and then with Kel- Kevin Wilson's new um, trajectory as a recruiter and a coach, I think uh, all signs should be pointing up for Tulsa. Um, it's hard to be – I mean, they hopefully are not as bad next year as they were this year. That would not be a good first year, but – I think, uh, I think they'll improve. Um, but that's about it. As far as, as the signing period goes, um, I think what's second signing periods in like February, um, second signing day, I guess late signing day. So I'm sure we'll hear more names and have some more to talk about at that point. But for now it's, uh, kind of a, a dead period for football, especially after this week with the bowl games uh, here in, in our Oklahoma schools. Uh, on the other side, we've got college basketball just getting into conference play this week. And we start with uh, OU, who is nine and 9-3, who is coming off a couple of wins here. Um, after that loss to Arkansas, they uh, went back to Norman and beat Central Arkansas 87 uh, 66. So, this is a good get right game after that loss. And, oh, you dominated that game the whole way. They got up 16 to four in just the first few minutes and never looked back. And this was Jacob Grove's breakout game, had 26 points, uh four of six from three. He's shown a lot of potential to score at times, but hasn't really had a game like this before. So, it was, it was cool to see him kind of break out. um And then, Sherfield had 17. He's He's still being that guy for OU. I mean, he's he's clearly their best player, and when they get into the Big 12, he's going to have to be that guy for them. And then Jacob's brother Tanner had 14 points and seven rebounds, so really good all-around performance for OU. That's kind of what they needed after that Arkansas loss and uh, shot 50% from three, so that's a, that's a huge thing. They also won the turnover battle, which is something they haven't done very often uh, this year so far. Um, so some positive signs for OU there and then they played florida and beat florida 62-53 but this game was a lot closer and ou was actually down 27-16 in the first half um but they got it within two by halftime and then the second half was kind of a back and forth battle um it was a three point game ou was up 3 with 2 minutes and 43 seconds left but outscored ou Outscored Outscored Florida 8 to 2 the rest of the way and sealed the win. So um Sherfield like I mentioned earlier, he had 22 points and 15 of those were in that second half when OU was taking control of the game. So um so I think I think if OU needs a guy to get a bucket down the stretch uh here in these Big 12 games, he's got to be the guy. Um So yeah, they're they're kind of on the on the right track. I mean 9 and 3 is a pretty decent record but it is ninth in the big 12 and they go uh up against number six texas this saturday to open big 12 play and their first four games uh are against pretty good teams so they have texas and then iowa state at texas tech and then at number four kansas and uh, and then West Virginia, who's ranked twenty fourth, and the combined record of those five is forty nine and eight, which is a consistent theme here in the Big Twelve. A bunch of teams are ten and one, eleven and one, ten and two, so it's ah uh, it's not going to be very easy at all for OU. But they start with the the Red River game on Saturday at one p.m. in Norman, so they got the home field or home court advantage there. Uh, but that Texas team has been very very good, so. It's be a tough well game.
0: one thing one thing I'll say about the big 12 is every um, conference win is either a quad one win or a quad two win. So it doesn't matter necessarily. Uh, like any win you're gonna pick up, it's going to be an important win when it comes to um, later on in March. So that's true. That will be fun to see how all of that shakes out with it being such a tough conference.
2: Yeah. I mean, we saw OU against Arkansas who was ranked number nine in the country and they honestly, they held their own against Arkansas. They, you know, they lost by 10, but it was a pretty close game most of the way. So they have a chance to potentially upset some of these top 10 teams here in the big 12. And we'll see how they stack up against Texas. Really. Uh, they play Texas and then they have Iowa state and Texas tech who are two of the worst teams in the country or in the conference, that they're both at nine and two, um, but if you can beat a couple of them, um, get a couple wins early, uh, surrounded by these, you know, Texas and Kansas and West Virginia, um, that'll be very important to to get a win or two there, and then hopefully upset one of these other ranked teams to to open. Because if you, you know, open conference play one and four or zero and five, that's going to be pretty tough to come back from. But if you can get a couple of wins there. I think if you go through that stretch two and three, uh, you'd probably be pretty happy with yourself. So OSU is kind of in the same boat. They are eight and four. Um, They beat Wichita state and 59 to 49 last week. And I have a a quick PSA ESPN needs to get your, you need to get your crap together. So this game was, I don't remember what night it was, but it was um, eight o'clock game. And it was on ESPNU, so it was going to be on cable, which is uh, I have ESPNU. And there was another game going on before that. Um, and I think at the point OSU's game started, this other game had about six and a half minutes left. And it's not a big deal, usually. I pay $5 a month for ESPN+. Plus, So in these situations, all I got to do is open the ESPN app and watch the game there until it goes on cable. Well, the app keeps saying that the game hasn't started yet, but the score keeps changing, so it makes no sense on the app. And on the bottom line of the the TV on ESPN U, it says OSU Wichita State is now streaming on the ESPN app. So they're just they're just sitting there saying it's streaming and it's not and this is I mean you can well I guess I don't know if you can now but at the time all of my OSU Twitter was freaking out doing the same thing saying they couldn't watch it and the game that had six minutes left or whatever when OSU started uh, was a pretty close game and down the stretch it got to where they were fouling and shooting free throws and taking timeouts just nonstop, and so it ended up taking forever by the time that game ended OSU was at halftime and it had never streamed on the app or anything so basically I had I missed the entire first half this game. So ESPN get the freak together. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, so anyway, OSU opened uh that game 10 to nothing and led wire to wire. And uh <clears throat> excuse me, it was really positive to see that this is a team that uh goes through scoring droughts, like I've mentioned, and and this game was no exception. OSU was really playing maybe their best game of the season, considering um the opponent and They got up 50 to 36 with about 10 minutes left in the game. Actually, with 10 minutes, 31 seconds left in the game. It's 50 to 36. Over the next nine minutes, OSU scored three points. And that was on one Bryce Thompson three-pointer. So three points in nine minutes. Luckily, Wichita State was just as bad on offense. They only scored 12 points total in that nine-minute stretch. So OSU was still up by five at that point. And... They actually made free throws over the last two minutes, which is unheard of. So uh, it was a very positive game on several fronts, but these offensive droughts just cannot continue. Um, they've got to figure something out. They committed three more turnovers as well. So it's uh, it's just a lot of stuff that's going to get you beat in the Big 12. Um, they lucked out in that game, but you can't go nine minutes scoring three points in the Big 12. You just you just cannot. Um Bryce Thompson has been awesome though. He continued his hot streak he's had over the last month or so. He had 19 in that game and John Michael Wright added 16 points. And the two of them combined were nine of 16 from three and nobody else on the team made a three pointer. So they were the two guys uh, really did the scoring for OSU. And then OSU followed that game up with uh, a game that I've been wanting to see for a while. This is a, Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, team that is a much weaker opponent, and OSU dominates them wire to wire. This was an eighty-one to fifty-eight win, and it was thirty-two to nine in the first half. I mean, with five minutes until halftime, and and never got close. And OSU actually got up eighty-one to fifty, so they're up thirty-one there with about two and a half minutes left, and allowed eight points kind of in garbage garbage time there. So, um, so not even as close as the final score shows, but. Uh, this was kind of a, a group effort, but Bryce Thompson still led them with 13. And uh Moussa Sise had 12 points and 14 rebounds. So he's he's continuing to be that beast down low. Um Avery Anderson had 10 points, nine assists, five rebounds. So he did a great job all around. And uh these are these are two wins that they desperately needed going into conference play because after um their loss to Virginia Tech, they were sitting at six and four. Uh, with Big 12 play looming, and they got two good wins to kind of give them some momentum uh, into uh, the Big 12. So their combined record of their next five opponents uh, opponents is 51 and 7. So that's pretty tough. They've got at number four Kansas on Saturday on CBS at 1 o'clock. That's going to be a terrifying game. But on national TV, I'm hoping that they can – make a statement or at least at least keep it close and respectable. Um, and then they've got, so they've got number four, Kansas on the road, then number 24, West Virginia, then number six, Texas, and then at Kansas state who isn't ranked, but they are 11 and one. Uh, and then they have at number 12 Baylor. So four out of the next five are ranked. And that's just, again, that's what it's going to be like in the big 12. It's a, uh, it's a gauntlet. And like I said, if you can get one or two wins in that five game stretch, that would be, I think, very uh acceptable to me at this point, especially with OSU. They've they've struggled against the good teams in their non conference. So they really need to get a couple of good wins here to uh open Big 12 play. Cause if you you know, if you start 0 3 or 0 and 4, it's gonna go south pretty quickly. Um and this team can definitely do that, especially if they have the same offensive struggles that they've had. Um at times so so tough 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 stretch for both OU and OSU to start the year and I'm I'm excited hey, but I'm also question. very nervous
0: on on OSU's front are they are they still banned from postseason for something that a coach that's no longer there did mm. like 10 years ago
2: no luckily this year they are not um they oh, okay. have yeah they have they have paid their penance for what some stupid old coach did that's not even on the roster and none of the players that were on the roster knew about or any of that so well there's there
0: are other teams committing violations do you think osu will be punished for those
2: it's possible it's definitely possible we will have to wait and see uh thanks for bringing that up that's great uh ncaa as you said they're absolutely corrupt and i can't wait for them to just die not people to die but the ncaa to die
0: if they want to just sponsor the podcast though our opinion could change we're not sellouts though (laughs) no
2: we're not sellouts i would love to
1: would make us espn
0: not
2: espn the ncaa ncaa I'd right. love for the NCAA to sponsor it and then we have somebody from them on and I make them answer questions about that. I'm they... sure
1: they would deflect. That yeah. is how you lose a sponsorship, by the way.
2: Yep. I would be happy to lose it.
1: Uh, uh... Can can that be after we mm-hmm. get the money? Can we get like a guaranteed sure. up front? Okay. Sure. Yeah, we'll do a million up front and then we can just lose the other four.
2: Yep. That'll work. But what... NCAA needs to just... How about... The organization needs to burn to the ground. <laughs>
0: I, I would like all the money. So maybe you guys go on another podcast to get sponsored by them. Sure. Well, this is like three years worth
1: of work. I don't want to do this again.
2: <laughs> Fair. I'll keep, I'll, yeah. If that happens, I promise I'll be nice. Um. So uh, Tulsa not having a great season. Um, they did have a win against Mississippi Valley state six, six to 51. It was their second straight win, but this Mississippi Valley state team, they're one and 11 now. And this was a three point game with about 12 minutes left. Uh, so that's not a great sign, but, uh, Tulsa did go on a 20 to five run from there to take control and run away with it. Um, weird, weird stat in this game. Tulsa, um, got out rebounded by 11. And again against this this terrible team that has one win on the season. That's that's something you can't allow to happen. But they did a uh sorry, they did force 22 turnovers and only committed 14. So they won the turnover battle there. Um Sam Griffin also didn't have his best game, but they had Brandon Betson step up with 15 uh on five three-pointers. And then Anthony Pritchard scored 13. So they had some guys step up when Sam Griffin was not at his best, and that's definitely a good thing to see. But they followed that up with a a loss to Louisiana Monroe, uh, 76-64. And that was a tough loss on the road. Again, got out-rebounded by double digits. Um, It's a very easy way to lose games because that gives um, Louisiana Monroe 12 more shots than uh, Tulsa got. Um, So that's a a, a way you can lose games is not being able to take as many shots as the other team. And they've got to figure out how to uh, improve their rebounding or they're going to have an even rougher season than they're already having. Um, So like I said, they're four and seven. And it doesn't get much easier because they go up uh, on Wednesday against number three Houston. Uh, Not not a fun game, uh, I would assume, for Tulsa there. Um, and then they have, uh, SMU on the road on Sunday on, on, uh, the first day of the new year. So SMU is five and eight, and then they go at Tulane and then temple, uh, Tulane seven and four temples six and seven. So they have three winnable games there after this Houston game. Um, I don't expect them to win all three, but they have a chance there to, to get a winner to, uh, opening conference play after I, what I'm sure will be a, a loss to start. Uh, conference play, but um,
0: you're telling me that you don't believe in Tulsa basketball to beat Houston.
2: That's what I'm telling you. I'm so sad. I'm sorry. I'm I late. have the
0: utmost belief in yeah. the okay preps product and Anthony Pritchard to drop 30 on them and they're gonna sure. win. Sure,
2: I mean, I would be all for that. Sure, um. Maybe they can get Braylon Presley and uh, just to run around and do stuff. I don't know. Couldn't hurt, could it?
0: Sorry, I muted myself. That Fine. was. I I was definitely talking back.
2: Okay.
0: But um, yeah, it it definitely couldn't hurt with how their mm-hmm. season's going so far. But hey, the win against Mississippi Valley State that is that's the big one. Pretty That's good. The one they just had to the they had to break that uh break that ice. And once they did that, sure. now now they're gonna take off.
2: The floodgates will open. Um best of luck, Tulsa. We're rooting for you going forward. And uh hope you don't get beat up too bad by, by Houston. Um ORU, on the other hand, playing very well. They have won seven in a row now and are sitting at ten and three um they beat missouri state 80 to 77 and this was a weird game they were up 60 to 37 uh, with about 15 minutes left and then missouri state went on a 24 to 4 run and actually ended up taking the lead 75 73 with about a minute and a half left Uh, but oru was able to come through in the clutch there and uh, ended on a 7 to 2 run to win the game and keep the winning streak alive um Acmis had 23 and then Connor Van Overs scored 19 and 8 rebounds. And uh they shot 43% from 3, so it was a great shooting game for for the Golden yep. Eagles there.
0: Are you telling me that Acmis is back to being Acmis?
2: I think he is because he followed that up uh after I think he was averaging 28 points in the last like 3 games and followed that up with another great game there. So he seems to be back to normal, and then they followed that one up with a, a win against South Dakota State, uh, and this game ended 79 to 40, uh, and I think it may have been a thing where they they saw their mistake from that, uh, from that Missouri State game when they were up 23 and gave up the lead. This time, they got up and did not look back. Um, they kept the pedal on the metal, and... Uh, Max Aceman Aceman, Amus, on this game, only had eight points on six shots. And this was more of everyone else getting in on the action because I think Acemus didn't need uh, to be himself in this game. So he kind of let everybody else do the the work here. Uh, Vanover had twenty one points and six rebounds and three steals. So great game for Connor Vanover. And then Deshaun Weaver at fourteen and Carlos Jurgens or Jurgens. It might be a soft J had 12. So they've, they've continued over the last few games to have several different guys contributing, uh, which is a a good sign for the future of this team. So uh, another good sign or you was had less than 10 over, uh, sorry, less than 10 turnovers the last two games. Um, So that's, that's another good thing. It seems like the offense is really humming and uh, they're at 10 and three. Uh, sitting I think at the top of their conference and uh, actually they're second in the conference right now but kind of as uh, conference play starts they're they're right up there near the top and they've got a winnable game here at Omaha on Thursday who is five and eight and then they play uh, at Denver who is nine and five so they got a chance to get a couple wins there they'll probably be favored in those two games and uh, yeah so ORU uh, for all the all the worries of the other three schools. I think ORU is probably sitting in the best position at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Uh, Perkins, I was waiting for him to talk, but Perkins doesn't talk on basketball, so. And uh, give me a chance
1: here. I gave you five seconds to talk, and you just sat there quietly. I was gathering my thoughts. On what? I'm still gathering
0: my thoughts. (laughs) Uh yeah, ORU has hit a good streak. I think. Um, do Do you know that though? I'm just agreeing. I think you spoke it better than I could. Yeah, you agree a lot, don't you? I'm a very agreeable person. Oh, okay. Well, ORU is playing really well. I think um, all of them are hitting the stretch of their season where they're they have to play well. ORU has the best chance to be successful just because their schedule. Um, sets up nicely for them but um, if I'm being honest I think ORU is the only one who may end the season with a winning record with what I've seen so far but I could see OU win it, having a winning record as well because of the 9-3 and three that they are but I, I could also see OU not winning a game in conference because our conference is so dang good I don't think OU would not win a game but you never know. And OSU and Tulsa, I'm I'm not confident in them at all. I'm less confident in them than I am in OU. So and OSU plays in the same conference. So I I do think ORU sits in the best possible position out of the four teams in state, which is weird because they are probably the smallest out of the schools that we cover. Yeah. Has uh, I haven't watched a lot of ORU games. Has Trey Phipps done a lot for ORU yet? Does he even play?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's had a couple games here and there. Um, he hasn't done as much as as I was hoping. He had uh, let's see, he actually had thirty one points in that game against Ozark Christian, in which they scored one hundred and sixteen, and then had thirteen against central Arkansas when they scored 111 so in those two games that they scored over 100 he's he's done double digits but other than that he's only had looks like six points four points four points four points and then a lot of zeros so hasn't really played a ton he's only playing about 14 minutes a game it looks like so not quite the the season I was hoping that Trey would have
0: yeah he's so fun to watch like and if he and I don't know. Obviously sometimes you lose your confidence as a shooter if um you don't play well. So mm-hmm. but in high school he used to come up across the he used to be like Trey Young or Steph Curry. He'd come across that half court line and he'd jack up a three and you'd be like, What are you doing? And it'd go in. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he was shot forty percent from three last year and right now he's at thirty one this year. So definitely not uh, not as good as as last year, and he's also taking less shots uh, this year than he was last year, too, due to the, the lower uh, minutes. So, I don't know. I guess just a lot of other guys have stepped up in front of him.
0: Yeah, it's got to be hard, um, especially after his dad was just like him. Um, his dad played at OU – and then transferred to Northeastern to play. So maybe you might see Trey hitting the transfer portal again if uh, his time doesn't step up even more.
2: Probably, yeah. But, yeah.
0: um, Perkins, any thoughts on basketball?
1: Uh, I think I'll tweet him out once I gather my thoughts.
0: Yeah, um, I'm glad you follow basketball so closely, Perkins.
1: You know, it's it's been a real real good hobby of mine this season, and so I'm really glad I was able to keep up with it as much as I have.
0: Ryan? Sure. I'm glad you follow basketball. Thanks. You probably follow it closer than I do. You do mm-hmm. follow it closer than I do, so
2: I love basketball. I love most sports. Too. Just, most most sports.
0: Basketball's amazing. It's just so hard to keep up with positions. every day of the week
2: (laughs) there is so much for sure we haven't even talked about thunder but it's uh yeah basketball is a lot for sure but i love it and i love you guys and i love the podcast listeners and so that's why i do it
0: well and yeah that 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 too that's that's why perkins watched it so intently because he because he loves to listen you
1: know i really wanted to ask you guys a question uh, I wanted to introduce the potential of us covering another sport. Uh, what do you guys think about golf?
2: Oh, I love golf.
1: We could cover like college golf. I think that's a thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would love to talk about it when they're getting into the, the season in the spring for sure.
1: Yeah, might be might be worth our time. After that, we could talk about um, baseball and our favorite paints.
0: I think that'd be a lot of fun. Hmm. He, he's talking about watching grass grow. He does not like. He's not a big fan of baseball.
2: Yeah, That's fine. It's fine, Perkins. Well, we're the <laughs> Oklahoma sports bros. We're not. We. I mean, we gotta. Yeah, we gotta pay attention to sports. It's true. All the sports.
0: Yeah, we're not the Oklahoma football basketball bros. Yeah.
1: That'd be a really long name.
2: Yeah, not as catchy.
1: <laughs> you know, if we start having to specialize, though, we should think about. Really fancy acronym.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, or, we could just keep it as it is. Yep.
2: Yeah. But
1: you know, every successful like ESPN, isn't that an acronym? Yeah. And they're huge.
2: They okay. are huge. They Fox Sports,
0: NCAA. And, and they're corrupt.
2: Yeah, we don't want to be yeah. them. Not- well,
0: I mean,
1: and Fox Sports. FS.
0: That's
1: that's technically.
0: It's not. They they go by Fox Sports.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, down at the bottom, you'll see like an FS. Like the TV screen?
0: No. They call it Fox Sports 1. They don't call it FS 1.
1: Okay. Okay. I will. I will let go of my buffoonery.
2: Good. Let go. All right. (laughs) All right done with basketball there are a few things that i i failed to mention during football regarding tulsa so i saw a tweet uh from uh somebody that covers them that said tu is expected to officially announce seven coaching staff changes on monday which is today but i haven't seen them yet uh it says three coaches will be retained and four new hires are expected it doesn't say what they are. So I haven't seen anything yet. Um, we may have to talk about that next podcast. But um, So there sounds like there's going to be some changes uh, on the coaching staff. But then today, uh, I think today they both announced, but Deneric Prince and Steven Anderson, um, both running backs at Tulsa, announced they were declaring for the NFL. So uh, Tulsa is losing – their top two running backs and looks like Jordan Ford's probably going to be the, the number one guy I would guess, but they've got Bill Jackson and Taj Gary and Anthony Watkins uh, coming back. So ton, tons of guys coming back uh, to fill that role. And then uh, Braylon Presley, who sounds like uh, he wants to play a little bit of running back. So they got a, a lot of guys to replace those, but I just wanted to make sure that we threw that out there and best of luck to Daneric and uh, Steven will be written for you at the next level. So
1: true. I would love to see Daneric Prince really take off and succeed, much like his old teammate. Uh, um,
0: What's his name?
1: Zayvon Collins did. Oh, I'm
0: proud of you. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, it, it's exciting to see Tulsa guys go and definitely get their opportunities because we we've been talking about how talented they are. Um, even though some ESPN um, announcers don't know who they are just because they hadn't played the first couple of games of the season Mm -hmm. and didn't realize to ask questions about them. But uh, he was just amazed. That was the funniest commentating I've ever heard. Who is this guy? We've never seen him play before, but um, yeah, Uh, it's exciting to see them go off to the draft in other news. Um, In World Cup news, Argentina wins, and it is the magical ending to the World Cup um, that everybody wanted. Um, Besides maybe French fans, but, you know, they're French, so who cares? Well, I
1: think they'd say, we do. Oh, come on. Gross. Even Ryan said that. I know there's one fan out there that laughs.
0: At least chuckled. Well Kiefer might have laughed.
1: <laughs> that's but I'm just Kiefer, here for the
0: one laugh. That's... Kiefer loves you and, <laughs> and your your weird jokes, so
1: <laughs> Hey, that's what I'm I'm the That's my goal.
0: Uh... I don't know how well I achieve it, but that's the point. Well Messi goes out with the greatest of all time, um, because of his career. Um Winning the World Cup was just the cherry on top. He didn't have to win it to be the greatest of all time, but he definitely submitted himself as the greatest of all time. So, um, that was great. One of the best World Cups ever, even though oh, it was yeah. shrouded in controversy. Um, one of the best World Cup finals ever. Yeah. Honestly, I think it may have been the best World Cup final. Um, so, uh, it it, it was phenomenal. I know it's shrouded in controversy and a lot of bad things happening in that country, but I don't care about, uh, let me rephrase that. I was more focused on what was happening on the field than rather what the bad things were happening in the country. More about yeah. the competition and the politics.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, incredible ending for sure. And, uh, was it two goals in stoppage time and, uh, and then another almost goal that was a, an incredible uh save by the goalie with his foot. Oh yeah. Emiliano um,
0: Martinez just he 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 has been quoted many times as saying he would die to give Messi a World Cup hmm. and that's what he did. He basically like he put it all on the line and I know some people don't like all the antics that he does, but that's what makes him him and that's like that's how he was able to get into the mind of the players that he was playing against in the PK shootout. So, Yeah. It was a great,
2: um, it was a great, great shootout. And then there was a, a video. I mean, it's a week old at this point, but the Argentinian uh, like broadcaster Oh uh, uh, yeah. video of him just tearing up and crying when it happened. It's great. Great watch. All the, all the feels with some of those videos and reactions. So it was a great, great ending to a great world cup
0: yeah and it it just sets the stage for 2026 when the world cup will be in america and this was the first time that i'd ever really seen people interested in soccer in the united states and it was just absolutely phenomenal to see because soccer is my number one sport regardless of how much i love football and how much i love basketball soccer is number one no, no doubt in my mind And it was so great to see other people finally getting to enjoy what um, I've loved for so long. So I'll tell you what, uh, I think the USA
1: would love to see another England-USA rematch with a defined winner within the USA. I think that would be just phenomenal. Because that had one of the biggest viewerships in the U.S. ever recorded, if I'm correct on that stat
0: for the world cup uh not necessarily it, it was it was high for a single u.s match but, but the, well i think for like a u.s match yeah um uh, i would prefer to stay away from england in all <laughs> things they are a phenomenal team and we, we we outplayed them on the day but they i i i would prefer to stay away from england if we're paired with them or if we're in the world cup in the future which we will be in 2026 we are the first country to qualify because it's host nation you automatically qualify so um we don't have to worry about not qualifying like we did in 2018 so that's nice um so yeah this turned into a world cup pod it's not the oklahoma sports bros it's the world sports bros
2: we are the world
0: I
1: think we might need to increase the amount of days that we record if we're doing world sports, though. So. <laughs> Just cover every sport across the world. Let me tell you, there's a sport out there called, I think it's called comedy. I might be screwing that name up. But it's basically professional tag, but it's not like what you would see with American sports. It's, I don't know, if you listeners out there, look it up. It's actually super fun to watch. It's really intense and it's hard to follow and I don't know if you want to get confused for a couple hours it's a great watch it's usually on like noon on like Tuesdays if I want to
0: get confused I will just go watch cricket
1: uh it's about that level of confusion um but if you look up once you watch it enough you kind of start to figure out the rules uh it's not really in good English so it can be a little sketchy on the explanations but they get really excited so it really helps the announcers do so, just something to to look out for if you're looking for a new sport to be a fan of.
0: Yeah, well, that that one's not on my list, but
1: I mean, you know, we'd have to cover it if we were.
0: <laughs> so well, we we wouldn't have to. There's a lot of Oklahoma sports we don't currently cover. Yeah. So. I can't imagine trying to do both. There's so many. Yeah, but, Ryan. Sir what else is going on
2: oh nothing just it's finally getting a little bit warmer and that's all i'm worried about is making sure i don't freeze
0: gonna be in the 60s next week oh thank god dude. yes thanks lord uh i so here's a here's a non-sports question for you guys okay. um what is what is your favorite season
2: football season uh, oh okay what is your
0: favorite? Um, uh, I don't even know how you would say that. Geographic see, season? I
2: don't, I don't think
0: either. that. I don't think that's the right word.
2: But no, I don't either. I, um,
1: I'm, a, I'm a fan of winter. I love I'm,
2: snow,
0: the cold, all of it.
2: I'm a I'm a fall guy or an autumn. Autumn. See,
0: I'm I'm the deep of deep of summer. I oh, want yeah. it to be blazing hot nope. uh my 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 philosophy was you can always like you can never get enough clothes on in the winter but you can always like take off enough in the summer
1: oh uh, see i think can you time. i yeah i say mm-hmm. like at a certain point there's just like a part where i'm like my skin's too hot i don't like i just know when it's cold though i can put on enough layers no you can't I, oh as someone works outside you can't No.
0: Oh, yes you <laughs> can work outside of your office at the university. Okay,
1: I, I did field work for two and a half years.
0: Okay. Whatever. I,
1: I've been I went through the freak snowstorm of twenty twenty one. I think it was January twenty twenty one, so I've been there.
0: Sure you have.
1: I remember building a snowman on site. I
0: I despise cold weather. I hate it with everything that is in me. I would much rather be in warm or hot weather but i will say ever since i've gotten fatter the more it shifts it <laughs> it has gotten closer like the gap between summer and winter has gotten a lot closer now that i'm fatter but i don't know it, it's still still summer for me
2: yeah i like fall because it's i think it's the perfect weather It's not usually as rainy as the spring is, and it's usually in the 60s, 70s, you know, in that range. And then, I mean, football starts, and it's my favorite sport. So just everything coming together right there uh, in, like, mid-September, kind of. I guess, yeah, early to mid-September is probably the best time.
0: October onward for me. Hmm anywhere from like may to to july
2: (laughs) well yeah that's because you don't have to work through those
0: months (laughs) it is true
2: i'd love that too
0: yeah well hey they have passed a law now where you only need a high school diploma to teach in the state of oklahoma so hey
2: that's great that's safe
0: yeah oh yeah it's phenomenal news for our education system that's already where it's at yeah it's great so if you guys ever wanna ever wanna change of career and get, get some time off in the summer.
1: I've always thought about teaching as a fallback.
0: Oh uh, I'm I'm glad my career is a fallback to you. Well
1: that's no. not, that's not yeah. how, I that's how you meant it.
0: I've always thought of archaeology
1: as a as a fallback. <laughs> no that's a hundred percent how you meant it. Don't don't play that off. Now that you're like oh well so oh oh man
2: Yes, that you is 100%. So no, you don't.
1: You just said it's a fallback. Our job requires a ton of patience. And so I think it it is a great thing that only people with, you know, special capabilities are capable of. Mm. You know, great patience and love for students and care for the next generation, you know. So I think it's a very respectable job.
0: No, he doesn't. He obviously just said he didn't.
2: Yeah, all of our listeners who are teachers, just tweet at Jeremiah Perkins. I don't know what your Twitter handle is. but
0: at Jeremiah M. Perk. There you go.
2: (laughs) Boo this man.
0: (laughs) Like, literally torch him on Twitter. Get him cancelled. Oh, come on! That'll be my challenge to all of our listeners. If you can get him cancelled, I will have a giveaway of something
2: huge nice
1: you know i i think i can handle 50 tweets
0: i i think it'll be all right
2: zach will have a giveaway and he won't ever actually give you the prize
0: well it's true but hey who won this year yeah you won yeah yeah and y'all didn't want to bet on this year nope too i thought we'd bet at dr pepper again
2: quit while i was on top
0: well <laughs> ryan Hmm? I've got some Christmas money if you want to go get some China King. Mm.
2: I would love to. <laughs> Give me some honey chicken. Uh yeah. sure. I, I was
1: here. thinking more of their they're like that buttery cheese crab they have.
2: Sure. I'm not a crab guy.
1: <laughs> you're missing out. You're
0: missing out. It's so delicious. I'm not sure you're missing out on their crab, because that's kind of sketch, but you know. Mm.
1: I have never gotten sick. I've only gotten sick once from... And I don't know who's going crab. so quick.
2: Crab, I've
1: crab. never... Cause I, I ate all of their sketchy stuff that day. Yeah. So I don't know what it could have been. From.
2: Crab will be my fallback.
1: There you go. That's good. They have cheese stuffed mushrooms. Those are delicious
2: too. I'm not a mushroom guy. Too slimy. Anyway. You guys want to get out of here? I guess.
1: I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think that was just a great little. We've, we've kind of
0: exhausted our uh, our talk.
1: And we're, we we're got talking, on topic for a while.
0: Yeah, we're we talking just, about China King, so that's great. Which is super un- unlike us. You know?
1: That's what you get for starting us off on a weird note. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, you started us I'm off on one who started us on this weird tangent too. I asked you what your favorite season was, and it led to this. This is why we don't veer
2: off oh 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 last I, thing oh you oh you oh you no 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 Here's o'reilly's me. last thing <laughs> uh when was it saturday night we sat down or laid down to watch falling for christmas starring Lindsay lohan
1: did you like it
2: on netflix uh i uh 30 minutes in i fell asleep <laughs> so but before that about 20 minutes in i looked over at Lacey and said are you enjoying this because i was not and she said <laughs> it's pretty cheesy and it is it's it's extremely cheesy uh if you love those kind of christmas movies then i guess you might love it but
1: it's, it's very much like a hallmark style yeah movie.
2: it was it was not great acting and it was terrible like the <laughs> The graphics or effects or whatever—it just was not very good, and I don't recommend it at all. But still, love you, Lindsay.
1: She she will always have a special place as a parent trap. So yes,
2: parent trap all day. Anyway, yeah. Zach, have you watched it? I've not. Okay, don't. I did
0: me. watch something that Perkins likes. I watched uh, a Black Adam and. Uh, oh. It was okay. It was good. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: really good movie. I I, I really enjoyed.
0: It. Perk Perk likes it so much because of the rocks in it. It yeah. it was. It's a solid movie. It's not. It's like if you if you have extra time to watch it, then mm-hmm. yeah. But otherwise, like it's not something that's going to. You're gonna be like, man, I'm really glad I watched that.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, most it, of DC for me. I usually get done watching them. And I'm like, okay, well at least I know.
0: Yeah, it, it was solid. It was good. And, I like, I, I don't have anything, like, I guess I do have some bad things. There were just long stretches of nothing in it where you're just, I don't know. Like, there were long stretches where there's just absolutely nothing going on. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the action scenes were okay.
1: The action scenes are what made the movie good.
2: They, they I hope so. It. It's an action movie. Speaking of long, long sections of scenes with nothing going on, I saw the new Avatar, and it was very similar to that.
0: Heard a lot of people liked it.
2: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people did. There were, I, I will say, the un, like I wasn't a huge Avatar guy from the first one either. There were a lot of great underwater scenes, like the underwater effects and how they filmed all that is incredible and fantastic but just the story and the the movie itself there were long stretches of just all right so that's just that's just me you might other people may love it i felt the same way about the first avatar as well
1: i've so, heard that you have to re-watch the first one to understand the second one uh
2: maybe that's part of it because i did not re-watch it so i saw the first avatar 10 years ago or whatever and i haven't watched it since so maybe i should have watched it again i don't know
1: did you hear that uh, they record. They they pretty much made movie two, three, and I believe four already?
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: So that the actors wouldn't get old. And ha- they said so that they didn't have the uh, Stranger Things effect, where mm-hmm. the actors were, you know, 10 years older, even though the movie takes place over the course of a year.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So they just knocked it all out in one go. Yeah. So... I'm hoping that it just becomes like this major cinematic event that becomes amazing. I guess. But so far, I've been fairly unimpressed.
2: Yeah, and it was three hours long too, and it didn't need to be. Could have cut it down. Anyway,
1: it's, it's kind of, I, I like the idea that they're they're playing with longer movies again. I think if done right, a longer movie is great.
2: Oh, I agree I, with that.
0: I hate longer movies. I have the smallest bladder in the world, <laughs> so if I go see them in the theater. Like there's no chance I'm making it through unless <laughs> I've had nothing to drink the entire day and I'm completely dehydrated. Like there's no chance I'm making it through the movie.
2: Hmm. I, I can hold my bladder. I'm good. Uh, yeah. If it's done well, a three hour movie can be good. I mean, obviously Endgame was incredible at three hours. I'm excited for Dune part two coming out uh, next fall. The first one was like 2 hours and 45 minutes and it was great and I'm assuming this will be the same. Um so if it's done well it, it I will enjoy it. Just there was a lot of stuff in that movie that like there's like a 15 minute scene and then at the end of it this is nothing really came of it. Like nothing really you you don't get from point A to point B. It's just we're back where we were. And It's yeah. just like why did I, we why do we have to do that whole thing?
0: And I'm kind of with you guys like if it's done well, um and you don't notice the time, then I'm like I think long movies are great, but like if I'm sitting in the movie and I'm like starting to feel like, man, it's been a long time, like that that's when long movies get too long for me. Mm-hmm. Like once I've started but if you can entertain me enough to where it's not where I don't feel like that then I don't have a good example off the top of my head. Maybe yeah. um, uh, I really liked the the newest Batman movie with the Twilight dude. Yeah. Robert Pattinson. That was good. Um, so that, that one to me is a good example of a long movie that held my interest long enough to where yeah. I didn't feel like I had to... Um, where I, I I didn't feel like I was just sitting in the movie theater forever and ever. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about this on the the sports podcast.
1: And I feel right. like we descended into our after sports <laughs> like after podcast conversation.
2: This will <laughs> um, be behind our paywall.
1: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> we had to set up. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, well, there's they have a name for it. Um, a paywall. Okay, That's what it's called? <laughs> Like an actual business company name that oh, people put this on. Patreon, that's it. So, yeah, should we start doing that? Five dollars a month for our, our Patreon, and you get to listen to all of our before and after content.
0: Uh, no, because there's a lot of more before and after stuff I don't want people hearing. Oh. Be a lot more <laughs> we guarded. <can> put
1: our, <laughs> we can put our 18 plus on it, so
0: you know we're
1: not held liable for anything we say in our family-friendly podcast.
0: I'm a teacher. I'm 100% held liable for everything <laughs> I like,
1: Asterisk, no students allowed. To no, not something I could do.
0: So, well, all right. Well, any any other sports news?
2: Um, nope. I lost. Uh, I lost in the. I lost in the semifinals of fantasy last week to my boy Evan.
0: I'm sorry.
2: It's okay. I'm happy. I'm for glad Evan. Evan won, though. It was on his birth, like the Monday night game was the decider, and it was his birthday. It was that day, so I, I was okay with it. I let him have the win, and then he lost in the the championship this week.
1: I lost freaking! I had over 170 points, and I still lost my match. Yeah, uh,
0: that's it's combined over 2 weeks oh. and programs just realized that <laughs> well, so
1: never mind. my number is not impressive then. don't do that man nope. <laughs> don't yeah. do that math.
0: <laughs> like he he just finds ways to be mad at things <laughs> even I, when he I, doesn't
1: even when he, does, even when he doesn't understand
0: them he finds a way to be mad at it <laughs> I scored two hundred points. Actually I didn't even score two hundred. I scored one seventy, but I still should have won. But that's you know, it's fine. It's I I'm going to win my bowl game because I didn't even make the playoffs. Or whatever you would call it. I called it a bowl game.
1: What was the name of your bowl game?
0: Um The Dr. Cover Bowl? Sure. Wasn't in my bowl game? I don't know. You made up the name of my bowl game, so I go with the dirt bowl. The dirt bowl. Well, I would call. No, I I would say that's the name of the last place game. You weren't in the last place game. You were in the second to last place game. Mm. The shovel bowl. I guess.
1: We'll go. That's
0: it. I was in the shovel bowl. I'm glad you made the playoffs though, Ryan. Way to make us feel bad. Thanks. And,
1: and you almost didn't do it, man. Y-
0: you didn't do it. And then you, you did it by not doing it. By pure pressure.
2: That is correct. I'm just that good.
0: <laughs> I wish I was that good. I wish I would have just let the computer auto pick my team. <laughs> that's the guys who are in the finals. Yeah. The computer obviously knows something.
1: And I think that's next season's uh,
0: strategy. Just don't show up to the draft. <laughs> Everybody who didn't show up made the playoffs. Besides one guy who just didn't ever set his lineup. Uh, shout out to that guy. He he who shall not be named. He doesn't listen to the pod. I don't
1: know. It's, a play. it's respectable to not say the name. I didn't
0: say
1: his name. I, I, I didn't say your name. All right, we're done. <laughs> Have right. a good night. Uh boomer sooner. Tulsa chant.
2: Go folks.